All right, yesterday I, I began the program teasing you with the idea of some of these so-called modern-day prophets predicting that Donald Trump might win. Well, here's my question. What if they're wrong? This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. Let me be clear. I do believe that God can use people and give them words of knowledge and prophetic information. It really can happen. But there's some people out there that have made it a cottage industry and and made a lot of money out of doing it. So I'm always a little bit skeptical as anybody, any Christian should be. Don't take some of these people at face value. Look at their history. You know, go back a couple of years ago. There's this guy that's on the radio. You may have heard him before. I used to work for the guy. And one of the reasons I left is he's, he's not a prophet. He's a fraud. He has said things that don't come true over and over and over again. And people still keep sending this clown money. Let me give you an example of some of the stuff that he's pulled. Let's go back to, to July 17th of... Uh, 2018. Friends, I think we're about 72 hours, possibly 72 hours from a coup. Look, be prepared that you're going to turn on television and see helicopters hovering over the roof of the White House with men clad in black repelling down ropes entering into the White House. Be prepared for a shootout in the White House as Secret Service agents shoot commandos coming in to arrest President Trump. That's how close we are to revolution. Okay, now please understand, this was said like over two years ago that this guy that thinks he hears from God, who has made many a a false prediction right down to, you know, Judgment Day 2000. So if I'm a little skeptical about some of the people making some prophetic utterances about um, President Trump hanging on, it's only because we've been burned before by people that claim to be prophets. Now, I'm not saying anything negative about those that I shared with yesterday because, frankly, I do not yet know. I think we'll know in the next couple of few weeks if the predictions that some of these people I shared yesterday were accurate, I'll probably share more either tomorrow or Thursday regarding some of these prophecies that are out there. But let's be let's be honest. We should be prepared for any inevitability as Christians. We don't know when that tribulation is going to start. And we need to understand something. Those that are holding on to the hope of a, a, a rapture to escape it all, well, you may find out you're being deceived. We'll talk about that later this week. But for now, this is the one thing we need to do. Let's assume that everything fails in trying to undo the election steal. And obviously, from where I'm sitting, I cannot believe that people think this has been an honest and fair election. There are way, way too many things that don't add up. The mathematics are not there. And for people to claim that, oh, it, it was perfectly fair, they're lying to you. There's no, there's no doubt about it. I am convinced that we've been lied to. We've been lied to for a long time about a lot of things. Well, what do we do? What do we do if, in fact... 
we wake up and realize that uh, there's a President Biden. What do we as Christians do next? My guest today from yesterday, the Reverend Dr. Timothy Gales. So, so what do we as Christians need to be doing to prepare for a Biden presidency? Well, we definitely need to be educating one another and encouraging one another about the things that are happening uh, and about our faith, because we have to integrate our faith with what we see on a daily basis. We do that in life generally anyway, but now we have real world-changing, culture-changing, life-changing things that are not only happening currently, but coming our way. And so we've really got to step it up a bit, and we've got to help one another to see it, to psychologically handle it, you know, which is very important, and to also use it. What do I mean by that? We, we need to use our mortality for our immortality. We need to use this life and our circumstances for our benefit eternally. Mm-hmm. And there are ways we can do that. Now, suffering is part of it because if the things that come to pass that we see and that these elite talk about are going to come to pass, you're going to suffer in different ways. We're going to mm-hmm. suffer. So we have to be spiritually and psychologically ready to do that. And, and you know, even though I always say to people, I don't have the gift of suffering. Nevertheless, I ask the Lord to help me suffer well mm-hmm. as, as a Christian. And we're going to have to do that. But we, if we have a reprieve, that will be better because we'll be able to devote more to learning, to dealing with it, reconciling with it psychologically, and moving forward with our faith. If it comes all of a sudden, we're going to have to do all those things quickly. You know, and so that's where we're at. Here's the problem. Here's my biggest fear, and I, and I want to make this as clear as I possibly can to everybody that's listening to this program. There is also a danger if we get a reprieve. Let's say that out of you know the hand of God, a miracle from heaven, and all of a sudden, Pennsylvania falls, uh, Michigan is reversed, and, and Georgia, and all of a sudden, the, uh, the, the 270 electoral college votes no longer exist for Joe Biden, even though the media has ignored any of these fraud cases. And they'll say, there's no evidence. There's no evidence of fraud. I about screamed at the television when, I, when I'm when i seeing the attorney general going, well, I don't, need, I don't see any anything wrong. I don't see any evidence yet that could. And I'm thinking, what planet are you living on? I mean, is the swamp that deep it's gotten to him too? Maybe yep. so. I, I'm, beginning to, I'm beginning to really wonder about the Durham report. Were we being fed, you know, just a bunch of smoke and mirrors to keep everybody pacified until it was too late and Trump be gone and the Senate be gone and the House be gone and you be now having to be obedient to new masters in the House. And that's how I feel. I mean, what I'm afraid of, if we get a reprieve, we're going to have a lot of, you know, political people, you know, good, you know, church going folk, no less. And I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to be offensive. Please understand. 
They're going to say, man, we won. We're good now. We're good. We'll get it all fixed in in 2022 with the House. We'll get that back, too. And we're going to fix this country. We we, we won't even need a rapture. We're going to to be like post-millennialists. We're going to fix the world for Jesus. I got news for you. The Bible doesn't say it ends that way, so we got to. We, if you if we get a reprieve, figure that it could it could only last for days, weeks, or months. Don't expect it to last for your lifetime. That we're somehow going to going to fix Georgia. We're going to we're going to fix all these states. We're going to eventually you know fix maybe even New York. And we're going to we're going to be the majority. The Bible doesn't teach that. I don't see where people come up with this stuff. We are heading toward the end times, and we are heading toward a time of persecution. And no matter what happens, no matter who is the president, the billionaires that truly run much of the stuff like where our food comes from, where our power comes from, where our internet comes from, what we see on TV, they're going to be fighting it tooth and nail. And they are going to be pushing, you know, the fear of COVID. And that's what I want to get into right now. When we look at some of the numbers, and and there was a story that you and I have seen. You've shared it a couple of times, and I've seen it. Came out, what, several weeks ago um, at a John Hopkins University, which is a respectable school. This person did a little bit of study about all these statistics. And notice, it's the John Hopkins uh, site that everybody went to as how many people are infected today. Remember back, you know, in March, how it was a miracle. There's a dashboard that's already up and running for the entire world at John Hopkins. How could they spin that up in a matter of days? Ever wonder about that? (laughs) Absolutely. It's it's. Look, it's it's subversive is what it is. And, you know, we're seeing more and more uh, countries talk about these numbers and talk about how the numbers are false and the high positive rates and so forth. Uh, And, 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 you know, you and I have gone over this. The deception just never ends. The numbers are there to, to frighten people. And. Believe me, many people are frightened. Many, it's working. Well, you know, the money money is one of those great equalizers, so to speak. And when it comes to John Hopkins, you got to go back to 2018 or early 2019 when the whole idea of, you know, the special tabletop exercise, where was that tabletop exercise held back in October to how would we deal with a global pandemic? Where, just just by coincidence, where where was that held? Yeah, this was held in in New York. Mm-hmm. And who was one of the big participants? John, John Hopkins. <laughs> and who built the dashboard for their you know, their tabletop? John Hopkins. <laughs> was it Microsoft who was involved also? Yeah, of the course. Bill and Melinda Gates, the all of them involved exactly. to plan the, our lives going forward is what it is. Look, John Hopkins is a respectable school and it's a wonderful hospital and teaching hospital. Mm-hmm. Many great doctors have been at John Hopkins, including, you know, the current uh, director of HUD. You know, went there. Uh, ben Carson was was there. A lot of great people have come out of John Hopkins. So I'm not throwing off on the place, but there are those in administrative levels in universities and colleges that the money talks, the agenda talks, and everything else has got to be held in compliance. And what happened was one of their really intelligent people began to look at some data that's come out. And, and miracle of miracles in the year 2020, 
the incidence of heart disease has dropped. Cancer has dropped. Um, Some other diseases uh, like renal failure of kidneys has dropped. And the amount that it dropped is the same amount that COVID took over in the course of a year. We don't have any more people dying now than died before. This is the... Think of... People, I'm trying... I, I know I'm excited when I think... When I talk about this stuff, it angers me to a degree. We have all these people running around with their face diapers on in fear of their life. I saw a lady today um, at the grocery store wearing a mask and a face shield in a small community in Georgia where, like, nobody's infected. Nobody's dying of the coronavirus. They run around looking like the coronavirus is going to chase me and my car down, tackle me to the road, and kill me. And the numbers are all of a sudden, even among the elderly, this person pointed out, We don't have any unexpected deaths. The CDC lies a lot, and they lie very well. You know, the the CDC is is a lying entity these days. They're they're absolutely, and they've been caught at it multiple times. Oh yeah, and then they have patented vaccines, and so they're pushing what vaccines? Of course, it is it is unbelievable where we are with all of this today. You have. an idea of me helping my neighbor with the face mask but now as I have shown you and we talked a little Mm -hmm. bit now you have citizens going around policing other citizens as to whether you have a face mask on and they're being told to in the UK you've got uh, volunteer citizens walking down town streets looking at everybody make sure you have it on and that you have it on correctly or you're going to be fined or reported. Mm-hmm. Think about that. Am I? What world am I living in, Bob? This is unbelievable. And, and this is what we're seeing happening more and more now. So how is it that this virus that, you know, Klaus Schwab from the Davos Institute, World Economic Forum himself says it's no big deal, the virus, how all of our statistics show us it really is no big deal. Mm-hmm. And how is it that this virus has a 99% survival rate for those 70 under, but those over 70, it, it goes down to like 98.5 or something survival? Yeah, I mean, it, you it's know, like you, have three well, you, got, you, get, you start pushing up 90 and you might be 95% survival rate. Right. Even still, how is it the virus with that all of a sudden necessitates a vaccine for every human being on Earth? And authoritarian structures everywhere around the world bypassing democracy, Mm -hmm. bypassing legislators, bypassing congresses, bypassing presidents. How is it that that's happened? It is. There's only one way it can. There's only one way it can. It was pre-planned. Absolutely. And it's being implemented. It's being implemented as we speak, and people are so divided and so confused. And scared. Things and scared. Fair. Fear. They can't see it. They can't put the dots together. And that's what you and I do on this show every time. We try to put the dots together and shine a light on the dark. You know, as someone, I always have a hard time, and I, I dealt with somebody several weeks ago that talked about I had two friends die of COVID. How dare you say the things that I that you say? And then I kind of probed a few questions and it became apparent the two people that died 
were people with extreme health issues, extreme. Age, mm, mid to late 70s. Prognosis without COVID, would have they, I asked, I said, let me ask you a question. Had COVID never existed, what are the odds that they'd be alive this time next year? Um, not, not really great. Okay, you just answer my question. You know, you know, this person may not have lived till most of the, I know there's an exception to every rule, so I'm not going to give you a hard and fast rule here. But there are a few things that I learned early on about this virus. I remember the county that I served in emergency management. Remember, I went in there with, you know, my eyes open and doing the best job I knew. And I'm ready for 3,000 dead people in this county. That's what we were told. That's what got the fear going. That's what got the lockdown started. The only way that that county and thousands of other counties and cities around the country would have stopped everything for 15 days to flatten the curve is the fear of that many dead bodies piling up in a county. 3,000. Right. And, you know, the total number of people that have allegedly died of this virus, and that was supposed to happen by, like, May, you know, late May, no later. 3,000 dead. We're, 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 we're leasing refrigerated trucks, people, to be ready for this onslaught of people walking down the street and collapsing and dying of the COVID. I'm dead. Or, you know, being dragged out of the hospitals. And we're sitting there, and I, I get to the month of May. And I'm working, and I'm realizing, okay, we've had 32 people allegedly die of the coronavirus. 32, not 3,000. Right. And and we're not having any unexpected deaths or being called COVID, but I'm not finding anybody under the age of, you know, like 76. And um, we're not certain, and we don't know. The first guy that died was a, you ready for this? And I finally found out later guy was 86 years old chain smoker his entire life alcoholic his wife had died 15 years before he had no desire to live he'd been in and out of the va hospital oh multiple times uh he could barely breathe he had no lung capacity left advanced copd and he's 86 so what and he's not eating and he's not taking care of himself four times in and out of the va hospital on life support and he died of covid so, I mean, that's what they say. That, so that, that started making me think, so if I get it, everybody had this, we had a relative of ours that got it. And the, the attitude of some was, so how long before that person dies? And I said, they're not going to die. They're not going to be happy for the next seven days. Like I, when I have the flu, I'm not happy. Mm-hmm. That person is healthy as can be right now. Then no lingering side effects. And, you know, it was just, I said, so how does it compare to the flu? It goes really close. I said, yeah, except, you know, I I felt tired for an extra week after I got better. But beyond that, once I started, you know, walking and getting out again, I felt great. And, you know, so we we see that. They're showing us even the medicines. We have ways of treating it, right? We've had ways of treating it. And, and they've yes. been, you know, they've been shoved aside because we need the vaccine. It's all vaccine, vaccine. Right. And they can't they can't do the vaccine if there's an alternative method of treating it. So they've been putting down the hydroquinolone, all these other all these other methods to treat it. They've been poo pooing and, and getting mm-hmm. rid of that so that we. Well, 
obviously you don't hear them talking about vitamin D and vitamin and zinc and and all of these things, which actually are. Guess what we take in our household (laughs) to stay ahead of it. Right. You betcha. D and zinc. You know, you and C, and, and plenty of, you know, real Florida orange juice, not the, uh, you know, not the garbage stuff, you know, the good yeah. stuff. But you if know. you turn to Drudge Report or some of these news sites now, you're going to see hospitals are overflowing. Well, uh, yes. Do you see any pictures? No. Do you ever see any videos? Nope. And you want to know why? Yeah. I why? can I can actually answer that question because why? this this has happened. This happened in Canada. Uh, uh, let me go to Canada first because we have a lot of listeners up there while back, you know, we, we were hearing that, you know, these hospitals are overwhelmed. And if any more patients come in, we're going to have to stop the, we can't do any more elective surgeries anymore. You know, that knee replacement you needed last year, it's going to be next year or the year after. You know, that's what you start hearing. Somebody spilled the beans up in Ontario. They said, yeah, this is kind of like a bad flu year where we do it. We, we do that all the time. One of the, one of the problems with socialized medicine is they don't have enough capacity to take care of all their need. So the flu season or anything overwhelms the system. That's Canada. Now, let's go to the United States. How many hospitals currently are running Let's let's forget the virus. Let's go back to 2018 or 2019 before the word pandemic entered into our vocabulary. How many people were on staff at a typical hospital? How many rooms were available at a typical hospital? How many emergency rooms did they have at a typical hospital mm-hmm. um, that were in use? How many ICU beds were staffed at a typical hospital? And compare it to today. A lot of these hospitals, because they're still not fully up to capacity, are still not fully staffed. And right. so, you know, one, we had a story out of South Carolina, and I've shared this before, and I'm going to share it again because this has repeated itself, I discovered, in a couple of other places. You know, somebody tried to tell me that in Pennsylvania, and now you you know, you've been up in that part of the world. Would you yeah. believe that in all of the state of Pennsylvania, I mean, in all of Pennsylvania, including Pittsburgh, including Philadelphia, including Harrisburg, that there are only 1,044 ICU beds in the entire state of Pennsylvania? Would you believe that number if I told you that? I'm not saying available. I'm saying staffable beds would you believe that's the number of beds and 800 are being used right now so we're we're at 80 some odd percent capacity would you believe that pennsylvania only has 1044 uh icu beds unbelievable they don't you know they really i I said that doesn't even make any sense i worked in emergency management long enough to learn a couple of things that on average you have at least 3.5 or 3.6 ICU beds per 10,000 population, okay? Mm-hmm. And so if you're in a little small town like Tacoa, Georgia, you've got five beds right there, though. So it doesn't take long to, you know, so we get to 1,000. Well, let's stop and think. How many millions of people live in the state of Pennsylvania? Hmm, it's more than a couple million, wouldn't you think? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Well, if you do the standard math, there should be more like about, oh, I don't know, five or 6,000 of those beds in the state. So why are there only 1,044 being mentioned? 
Mm, right. You know, it's because the other 3,000 are not being used currently. Sure, sure. Again, it's all deception. Um, you know, so we got to we got to pull ourselves away from the, the numbers game and from the TV narrative. Uh, stop watching the TV. Just stop watching TV. Number one, you'll feel better. A yeah, lot better. Especially if it's NBC. Yes. There any is NBC product, any CBS, any ABC, any yes. CNN product, you know, it needs to be banished from your home because it is rotting your brain. It Absolutely. is it is part it is part of the propaganda. It is Absolutely. these billionaires in media, billionaires in tech and and billionaires in the big box stores. Who, who are the only ones making out like bandits with huge profits in a pandemic? Walmart, sure. the big. Yep. Who, big ones. And, whose stock and, has gone up usually? Amazon. Yes, yes, of course. And because these are the elite-run stores, okay? These are the ones that are going to be around. They want to centralize shopping. They want to centralize your, your going to certain stores only, mm-hmm. like big warehouses, like a Costco. Yep. That way they know where you are, what you're buying, and they provide it for you, period. All the mom and pops have to go. Every one of those stores, bakeries, delis. You can't have any of that. Have to go. No, you, you can't. You cannot have private restaurants. You've got to have nothing but controlled chains. That's right. And those chains are going to be few and far between because that's the future they're planning for us. You know, yes. Does it sound like some sci-fi movie? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Is it reality? You betcha it is. And I can show you all the documents to prove it. We this is their plan for you. But my question is, what are you going to do? What are you going to do about it? You know, we, we have a lot of questions to ask ourselves right now. Yes. And that's kind of why we're here, so that we can help formulate those, help you think through the issues so that you can make uh, informed decisions for you, for your loved ones, for your family as best you can. Amen. It doesn't mean we're going to be able to overcome everything. But what it does mean is that we've got a fighting chance. We have a fighting chance. And together we can do things uh, because with us. We have the Lord, and He is the most important out of all of this. Yes, uh, not my, not my gun, not my food bucket, you know. But Christ is the most important out mm-hmm. of this, and so I always want to emphasize and lift Him up because in the in the end, okay, every knee is going to bow and every tongue Amen. is going to confess Amen. Amen. that Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen. As we go to our break, you 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 gave me a wonderful thought to think about when you said it's not going to be our guns and it's not going to be our food buckets. The one thing I do not do on this program and have never done from the beginning, um, I'm not selling any products out of a warehouse. I don't do that. I'm I'm not. How can I be any more clear to my audience that neither myself nor any guest on this program is getting any you know, compensation for doing this. Nothing. Right now, I'm not. Now, maybe someday that'll change if this becomes a real part of my life and there's other things I can't do anymore. But right now, that's not the case. Right now, God is telling me to keep doing this program, keep it on as a podcast, pray about getting it on other legacy media, and also to develop platforms that Christians will be using for the time will still be allowed to have, shall we say, eh, more than just limited access to the internet. I mean, but 
Here's what we do know. As we just said, the tech tyrants of this world, you know, which which include Google, which include, you know, Facebook, which includes, you know, Twitter, any of those. If you are a church, if you are involved in any ministry and you are dependent upon any of those to keep yourself functioning, you need to be looking for alternative sources because it will not be long. If we talked about this yesterday, there's this one guy who's, you know, is in kind of in a prophetic ministry who says that Trump may pull it out at the very end. Fine. That'll be wonderful if it does. And I'll praise God if it does, not because Trump is my savior. It just buys us a little more time before we get shut down entirely by the tech tyrants. It'll buy us just a little bit more time. But what are we going to do with that time? Well, number one, you're not going to find me selling you buckets of food uh, with macaroni and cheese that glows in the dark and lives last on your shelves for 25 years. It's not going to work that way. You're not going to be hiding in your house by yourself, pretending all is well in the world while everybody is running, starving outside, and somehow your electricity's on, somehow your TV set works, somehow you can play on Facebook and do Farmville. It's not going to work that way. And the sooner that Christians wake up and recognize the time to be ready for the future is now. Now, here's here's one good bit of information. The tech tyrants and those that really want to control our world, like the Bill Gates, they are singly minded into the Internet. And there's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. They are single-minded that everything lives on your phone, right down to your vaccination certificate. I don't even think they know what an AM radio is, let alone a shortwave radio. And small market radio stations, it's just off the radar screen. We need to have our own little online radio stations that they're no big advertising. They're not attached to anything. Um, even, you know, hide the information of what it is behind a behind a front wall. So even Google can't get there to, to begin to detect anything in the wording that would be you know, contraband. We need to start preparing now because the day is going to come. If we're given a, repri- a, a little reprieve and don't use the time, then we're foolish. We are, we are total fools. But if we don't get that time, we really need to be working at it while we still have time. While we have time. That's why this program is on shortwave. I hope you'll encourage people to find a shortwave radio. The day, look, there's a lot of garbage on there now, a lot of nonsense. But I think the day's going to come that late one night, that radio is going to be providing you information that will be filtered off the Internet. It really will. If you appreciate this program, would you help it? And you can do it from the website, truth2ponder.com, truth2ponder.com. Our mailing address, I'll give it now and again at the end of the program is 21 Berkshire Lane, 21 Berkshire, B-E-R-K-S-H-I-R-E Lane, number 263 in Sky Valley, Georgia, 30537. The ministry that I developed a couple of years ago for an online station is called Ancient Word Radio, and everything I've ever set up for doing online ministry of this nature is under that name if you want to write a check. And it'll all go 100% for the airtime and to keep this thing going. That's all. It's not for me. So if you do that, may God bless you and I'd appreciate it. We'll be right back. 
after this. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome back to Truth to Ponder, the second half of the Tuesday edition. I'm your host, Bob Bierman. My guest today is the Reverend Dr. Timothy Gales. We've, he and I seem to be spending a lot of Monday and Tuesdays together, and I, I appreciate those that write. We don't have a script when we get together. It's just like, what has been on our hearts and minds? Sometimes there's a lot and it's hard to get it all out. And I apologize if we seem to run around from hither to... There's just so much we want to tell you to help you be informed. The media today has been for decades untrustworthy. They have gradually over time sold themselves out to an agenda. They have embraced more than any other institution I know the spirit of the Antichrist. I mean, they, they, they really, they hate and despise, you know, the, the Christians. They're just yahoos. They're fools. They're idiots. They don't, they don't believe in science, you know, the science. That's one word that every time it drips off the phony tongue of the governor of New York saying, Andy Cuomo, I want to just get sick because the science tells us the science has been a changing, uh, it's been changing week by week, day by day for whatever need the, those tyrants have needed. They, they always find a reason in the science. And I'm watching a little clip that was on, I think it was uh, MSNBC, talking to a colleague from CNBC and this snide little, you know, bratty 30-year-old know-it-all well, you're just a fool. It's the science that tells us. And I'm thinking, what science? The science of the day, the science of the age, or the science of necessity, you know, for a purpose. And and we have too much of that. Yesterday's program, we talked about the cases and, and, and the number of deaths. The truth is, the dirty truth is, we have people that believe that hundreds of thousands of people just walk down the street get tackled by a coronavirus and are picked up dead by a hospital meat wagon. I mean, literally, that's how people think. They they go around airports in fear. I remember flying back in October, and our daughter just flew this past weekend. You know, you got to stand six feet apart in line to get on the airplane, but then you're, you're shoulder to shoulder for the next hour and a half. But you can't go to a restaurant. I mean, it's just like there's there's no rhyme or reason. It's just like what kind of stupid thing can we say today and make you do to be obedient to our commands of the hour, and and to make you so worn down as might be like Lord Jesus, give me a vaccine so they'll leave me alone and I can have my life back. You're not getting your life back. It's not going to happen. The spirit of Antichrist is here to take away your life the way you knew it. You are going to conform. Now, whether it's going to happen sooner or a little later, well, only time will tell what may happen. We do this program on shortwave. We do it as a podcast. And I, and by the way, I, where I've got it living as a podcast may change. I, I don't like the idea of being dependent 
upon the organizations that I'm having to rely upon because they could pull the plug. And I think they could pull the plug real soon because of the kind of things we're talking about. And so you can't be dependent upon them. And so Christians, churches, don't become dependent upon the tech tyrants. They literally did a bait and switch on you. Hey, come on here, talk to your family, your friends, and talk about anything because we believe in free speech. And once they had you in their clutches, they pulled the rug out. They spent hundreds of millions lying to you to make you conform like sheeple. And so don't, you know, I use it, but be prepared to lose it at a moment's notice. That's why we need to keep some of the legacy technologies still alive and well. I really believe that. My guest today and yesterday, the Reverend Dr. Timothy Gales, welcome back. And we were kind of talking during the break a little bit about some of the things we we need to be really preparing for and thinking of in terms of the changes. We're not going to get our life back. Am I right? No, you're absolutely right. We're, we're heading into uh, the new normal is going to become a new normal on a weekly basis mm-hmm. every single week. Uh, things are going to change rapidly from here on out. And and most people don't understand that yet. You know, I was I was relating to you a little bit about how the church obviously needs to be preparing, but yes. there's always that danger of being like the deer in the headlight where we mm-hmm. just sit there, we look and we say, no, I, I can't really believe all this is happening. It's not really going to happen, but it is. And, you know, I, I told you a little bit about Rome, ancient Rome, you know, as the barbarians were sacking Rome. There, there's even written stories of the noblemen and noble women and, and those in Rome who, who were in their villas, refused to leave. They could not believe mighty Rome was, go, was falling to mm-hmm. barbarians. So they stayed. They sat there. They went out on their villas, on their front porches. They sat in the chairs. They just stared at the barbarian hordes that came in and killed them on mm-hmm. the spot. But they couldn't and would not believe that Rome was falling. Well, guess what, people? This world order that we've known is falling. And we are entering a new world order. You know, and and, 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 you mentioned Rome, and there's something that, that a lot of people don't realize about Rome. We always think that the Roman warriors all came from Italy. That's not true. They didn't. Uh, Many of the, shall we say, leaders did. But where did some of those uh, warriors that conquered where Jerusalem was and and is? And where did they come from? They came from what we now know as Germany. I mean, these were Mm -hmm. these were the Huns. These these were basically a uh, what's the best way? What's the term I'm looking for? They're mercenaries. Yeah, conscripts. They use them. And they so they're they're paid killers and looters and robbers and 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 beaters and abusers. They would do the things that the delicate hands of the Romans in Rome could never themselves do with their own hands. They now they they love to watch people in the Colosseum, you know, be ripped apart by lions. But they themselves didn't put the people in there. They used the conscripts. They used those yeah. folk from the other they parts of the did. world. They always do. And and the thing also we can't believe, you know, we've grown up soft, pampered in the West, especially in America. You look at groups like Antifa, BLM and all that. But, you know, mobs. They are mob today. They are have, today's conscripts. They are the ones being absolutely. used. Yep. And paid. And, and but here's the thing. The inhumanity to man 
Man's inhumanity to man knows no end. And the same thing you've seen in wartime, raping of women, pillaging, killing of children, looting of homes, that we are on the thread of that happening all over the country here. It happened in Minneapolis. Don't think it can't. Don't think it can't and won't to the most horrible extent. You know, where where wives and children and daughters will be raped and killed and murdered. This this isn't a TV show. This is here. It's reality. And it can come to that and devolve to that very quickly. You spoke of a civil war. That's exactly what will happen if Look, we're in civil war. You know, if you if it, you it is. if you live in a little town like Emporium, Ohio, and you think you're immune because, you know, those things only happen in Cleveland. Or if you live like in, there's a little town, uh, Emporium, uh, yeah, yeah, Finley, Ohio, Emporium, Pennsylvania. Nice little cute town, um, central north part. You know, these things are not going to happen to my town. They only happen in Pittsburgh or, or Philadelphia. They're not going to happen here. Yeah, in time, they are going to happen where you live because... They know if they can ever get your guns, they're, they got you. And th- that's one of the things that the only thing that protects people right now is small-town America. The cities are going to become the places of the first massive control. Look at little, you know, the little dictator of New York. You know, they have a case-demic going on, and we've, been, we've never got to that yet. The case-demic of New York. And we have all these corona cases, but apparently nobody's really getting sick except, you know, the numbers of people that normally would get sick. This this is one of the problems of deception. Are people dying of corona? We're with it, but are we getting more people dying? The CDC tried to play a little game and racket that we have unexpected deaths, and but it's because we have a bunch of unexpected non-deaths, too, that are that have happened in the same period of time. It is a smoke-and-mirror game. Would you agree with that premise? It's a smoke-and-mirror game. Yes, absolutely. Um, and, and we, having talked about this and seen it, we know that this is a farce, that they're, they're lying about it. They're, they're trumping up the numbers. They're doing all of these things. Again, the question is why? What, you know, what is the long-term agenda here? It's it, the long-term agenda is to gain more and more control mm-hmm. over over people, over that geography in this country, especially the cities. And this control is also going to add to the persecution that's coming to Christians. And it's it's already there with with the control of what we can do in church and what we can't do. Anybody who can now look at this two-week virus and say that this is about a virus still is seriously blind. Look, look at Staten Island. Staten Island, New York. And I kind of know it. Um, I used to live in New York, and I've traveled through it. It is fairly densely populated. I mean, that's just how it is. I mean, it's part of the city of New York. Like, there, there are parks in Queens, but most of the homes are very close to each other. It's just how it, the city of New York is in Queens and, and in Brooklyn. There's not too many places, you know, of, of large, you know, front and backyards. They don't exist. Yet they, they decide that these certain blocks in Staten Island, ooh, the case-demic has gone up. So we got to shut down the restaurants, but you can walk 500 feet away down the street and they're open. Uh, 
It's like, you know, this is this is insanity. So they're picking the winners and losers. They're they're driving certain businesses to bankruptcy. They want them gone and destroyed. I mean, and and it's going to happen first in the cities. The private stores are going to be gone first. And then the the larger merchants will come in and they'll take over. And they'll be the ones approved. They'll be the Walmarts of the day. They're going to be the Costcos. They're going to be the billionaire club. They're going to take over your retail. They're going to take over everything. And, you know, the, the, they there's no help for the small business. But and, and, and here's the worst part. How many of the billionaire businesses got money in the first stimulus program? Lots of them. And a lot of small businesses and never got huge, theirs. Huge, huge profits because they sucked up the business from the small businesses. So they got stimulus and huge profit at the same time. But look, we know that. We know that it's coming to that. The the strange rules that we have to follow. Oh, this yeah. town has to, you know, all those things are slave training. This is a behavior modification and a submissive psychology. So it's teaching us to submit to these outlandish, weird, unequal laws that they're putting out arbitrarily. If you look at states like California, New York, Michigan, uh, Illinois, and others, you know, where you have a tyrannical idiot governor that is on a power trip. I mean, this is like crack cocaine to them, this power. They'll tell you that, okay, um, you can have so many people in a Walmart, but in a church, regardless if the church is 1,000 square feet or 100,000 square feet, you can only have 10 people. I mean, it's not even based. And, and this guy, this pinhead on MSNBC is telling this other guy when this guy's debating that, you know, why is it OK at a Walmart? But how does why is a church a super spreader? And the guy's going, the science, the science, the science. What science is there that tells me that if I've got, I don't know, 10 people in a church the size of St. Patrick's Cathedral, that that's a super spreader? But somehow the King Cullen grocery store in Brooklyn isn't. It makes no sense to me. Right. And it's not going to make sense. It's not meant to. It's meant to make compliant, submissive people. And so we're not looking at we can't look at it logically because it doesn't have logic behind it. So if it doesn't have logic behind it, there's another agenda. And that's a behavioral psychological control. That's what we're looking at. It'll cause a cognitive dissonance and it will keep people off balance so that they continue to not really see what's going on. That is a huge problem. You know, and we talked about it for the Christians. I can tell you going back to the 1500s, there was a, a you had talked a bit about somebody who received revelation from God, right? A, a message. And I uh-huh. get it. Well, here's a monk on uh, Mount Athos in the 1500s, a nobody, we don't even know his name. He, he said this, which I thought purely speaks of our time in a very significant way. He said the persecution of the church at that time will be overt and covert. It'll be secretive and manifest. He said striking at individuals and striking at all everywhere and by all means. Mm. He said there will be a certain number of martyrs. Just how many is known to God alone? But there will also be many apostates we talked about 
the yes. false church, right? Yes, yes. Who will accept the mark of the beast, and there will be a countless number of those who are lukewarm, who will likewise submit to Antichrist and everything. The powers of evil have long been preparing these apostates, these weak and worthless beings. For centuries, the powers of evil have been undermining the foundations of the church. And just as it took centuries to prepare for the coming of Christ, so preparations for the coming of Antichrist have been underway since the earliest times of Christianity. The Apostle Paul said the mystery of iniquity doth already work in Second Thessalonians. But know that even the mightiest powers of hell, the gates of hell, will not overcome the church which our Lord Jesus Christ promised to be with even unto the end of the age. Mm -hmm. And this church will be relentlessly persecuted and will hide in caves and in the abyss and in deserts. God's grace will rest on her servants and God will not allow the great enemy to destroy them. Yes. The divine service will be celebrated up to the very last day of the world's existence. And then he says this, brothers, Heed the signs of the coming of the end of the world, signs that our Lord Jesus Christ and his prophets and apostles have revealed to us, and do not relax your trust in God. Amen. Do not relax your trust in God. That's our problem. We have relaxed it, and we haven't seen this, but when he says the persecution will be over and covert, you know, undercover, uh, you need 10 people only in your church. No singing, no taking communion, no doing those for the virus, of course. But meanwhile, next oh, yeah. door, you can gamble, you can drink, you can party, you can do. OK, this is covert persecution. Hey, look, look, this, at look at California. Here, here's one I got to throw at you. You know, you got Governor Gavin Newsom, who, who is just I, I, I can't figure this man out. You know, you know, rules for thee and not for me, of course. And, you know, you, you can you can't go. You can't even eat outdoors in a restaurant. You cannot go to a church. They you know they demand that. And yet you can go to a cannabis shop, sit next to somebody, take your mask off and light up. Yep. Yeah. Uh, shoulder to shoulder. Mask. You can have 30 mm -hmm. people in there smoking marijuana. And, and that's that's perfectly legit. Not a problem. It's it's an essential business. Right. So the essential and non-essential mantra is a bunch of bunk as well. Uh, this is this is conditioning us to allowing those over us, the elite or the government right now, to tell us what we can and can't do, mm -hmm. period. So we've got to remember essential and non-essential is, is a horrifying way of defining things because it is really us abdicating while they tell us what we can and can't do. We never would have allowed that in the past. Never. Right now, never. right now, you had mentioned before the whole thing with MacArthur and the three positive people and how they said it was, you know, a, a, a giant, you know, numbers thing happening in history. Yeah, the church of 7,000 people on a Sunday morning. 7,000 since July. What did he say? I just saw him yesterday. He said this. He said, those three people were security guards. They mm -hmm. tested positive, asymptomatic. The, the state health people came in a few weeks later. They were all negative, and they declared we are not a, a, at all a place where the pandemic but, is. But did yeah. the L.A. Times make a big deal out of it? Of course yeah, not. Of course they did. They were, they were they super did. spreader. Stay away from the church. You're going to die. However, 
He said, we have had 7,000 people here every single week. He said, for the past seven months. Mm -hmm. And nobody has gotten it. Nobody has died. Nobody here social distances or wears a mask. Nobody. But 7,000. But we can't have 10 in other churches. You've got to, you know, he at least is standing on God's word. And he is resisting the immoral laws because they're not laws. And you should resist them. And the church. These are dictates of a governor. A man, and I, and I, and look, just like some of the Roman governors that were possessed, you know, with power, possessed, you know, they were they were under the spirit of the Antichrist that was already in this world then, even at the time of the Roman emperors. They were drunk on the blood of those that they could kill because they had sold their souls to Satan. They, sure, they they sure. were, and this is we have people in our government in the United States that I firmly believe have, whether they realize it or not, have sold their souls to Satan willingly. And, I mean, it was a transaction they were all for. And, they, and they're and they now going to live off that, being blinded with that power. And that includes people like Governor Cuomo. That includes Gavin Newsom. That includes Gretchen Whitner. All of them. They've proven themselves to be living the spirit of Antichrist. They, they just have proven it. So what do we do? Number one, you know, we, we begin to prepare how we, I think a good friend of ours, I got to get him back on the show. When you get 30 families together in a small area, you've got community. You can take mm-hmm. care of each other's needs. We need to be developing community and ways using the, the beauty of the new satanic order is they don't pay attention to legacy technology. That's not what their thing is. You know, if it's, if it's not on their phone, it's not in the real world. You know that and I know that. And so we need to be prepared to keep lines open. And just like during the Soviet Union, we find places to worship that are not, you know, the normal. And we keep training and ordaining clergy. And we just keep in the work of the vineyard until Jesus comes. Well, we're about out of time. Can you give me any last thoughts as as we close out today? You know, I just want to close out with the, the statement of that monk, right? His closing statement. You know, brethren, heed the signs of the coming of the end of the world. And remember this, do not relax your trust in God. Don't relax it, because we've got tough times coming, but we also have a Lord of Lords and a King of Kings that we follow, and he will be the victor. He already is, but he will in time and space. And I honestly believe that in my flesh, I will see the face of God on this earth. I want to thank my guest, Dr. Timothy Gales, for being with me again today. There is so much happening in this world, it's it's really hard to keep up with. And, and we're doing our best to let you know what you as a Christian need to understand. We should never put our trust in princes or, or man or mortals, put our trust in God. Donald Trump may be a great president, but he's not our savior. Jesus Christ is. And so we need to be prepared for whatever comes our way. The Bible does not promise good times ahead in this life. The early church never had a get out of the tribulation free card. They face persecution and hard times. And I don't know why the American church thinks they get a get out of tribulation by the rapture free card either. 
We're going to talk about that more a little bit later this week. It is urgent. On Friday, I've got a very special guest. I can't announce it yet, but I hope to be able to let you know maybe maybe on Thursday who I have lined up for Friday. I'm excited about this. We're going to get into some really important topics with somebody many of you probably respect much. If you want to support this ministry, you can do it from the website, truth2ponder.com, truth2ponder.com. You can mail a check to Ancient Word Radio, which is my group that produces this program. It's just me. And our address is 21 Berkshire Lane, B-E-R-K-S-H-I-R-E Lane, number 263, Sky Valley, Georgia, 30537. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, Truth, the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's Truth, the number two, ponder.com. Truth to Ponder, shining the light of truth in a darkening world.